Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit. It is Alex Barth from 985thesportshub.com. And <laughs> pretty busy day down there at one Patriot place today. And it just got even busier. Sorry, we're about 10 minutes late here because... As we all know by now, the Patriots have mutually parted ways uh, with, with Bill Belichick, and we can get into all that, but I guess we could start with the most recent news here that just came from Ian Rappaport about a half hour ago is there is a secession plan in place for Gerard Mayo to become the next head coach. And down at Gillette today, uh, Robert Kraft was asked the timeline for this hiring process, and he said... They hope to move very quickly, and it looks like we're moving pretty quickly here because, as Rappaport said, they established a firm. They have a contract in place. It was communicated to the NFL so they don't have to go through this kind of long, lengthy hiring process where you're waiting to interview candidates on teams in the playoffs or going through the Rooney rule. They can just straight up hire Gerard Mayo with this process that has been already communicated to the NFL. So we can get into Bill, but... It looks like they have their succession plan, and as many of us expected, it's linebackers coach Gerard Mayo. Yeah, that that seems like what it's going to be. I think that this this really makes it feel like a matter of if not when. And I would guess that given the way Kraft spoke today and other kind of reading the tea leaves, uh, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. And I'll just say, what did I have as the original timeline for Belichick, Brian? You nailed deliberate it. Monday, sleep on a Tuesday, deliberate Wednesday, announce a Thursday. Um, I don't know if 24 hours is uh, super rapid. Like that might be too quick, but do we know by Tuesday? Yeah, I I, I think that this could happen very quickly. Um, if it is Mayo, if it ends up being Vrabel, then it, you know, it's going to take a little longer because if it is variable, they do have to go through the whole process of interviewing everybody. I would mm. say if they interview Mayo, not a great sign for Gerard Mayo because they can no. hire him right now, right? So if we see Gerard Mayo's interviewing, I'd say that's not a great sign for him. But if they want Mayo to be the guy, I mean, they could do it right now. We could get it during the show. I don't think we will. I think they're going to let Bill Belichick have his day. Today is his day. I would say when we wake up tomorrow, it's game on. Yeah. And that was something uh, Kraft was very – he didn't want to take a lot of questions on the future. He wanted this to be Bill's day. He you know, wanted to talk about the last 24 years and all that, but he did you know, field one or two questions there at the end and he just said, you know, we're going to move very quickly here. Uh, and I saw someone in the chat say, is it confirmed? It's not confirmed yet. The exact wording from Rap Sheet was Mayo is a strong – candidate to replace bill belichick and if he is the choice they could simply hire him and then went through again that process that they don't they don't need to go through because they already communicated this uh to the nfl so yeah it, it looks like he's the main man here as it seems since this time last year when that press release came out that they said they are looking to keep him with the franchise long term and i saw a lot of people on twitter right away saying why are you firing bill belichick and just hiring, you know, a, another version of Bill Belichick, someone who was on his staff, a defensive-minded coach. 
I want to get your thoughts on that, Alex, but I don't necessarily see it that way. And I don't think it's fair to just throw Gerard Mayo right in that Bill Belichick bucket right now. Like he's 37 years old. You expect him to have more of a modern approach. You hear people say it's going to be more of a collaborative process with him involved. I think, I think, and the business background too is a big part of that as that head coach. So I don't think it's fair to throw him in that Bill bucket just right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I, I'll just stick with what I've said. Bill Belichick was not let go because Bill Belichick was not a good head coach. Bill Belichick was let go because over the last five years, and Robert Kraft talked about this today, the roster fell into a state that even Bill Belichick could not dig it out of. The problem was the only way to get somebody new to build the team was he also had to get a new coach. So in that sense, getting somebody close to Belichick makes sense. You're going to keep continuity on that defensive side of the ball where things are already built up. You're going to get in a GM and we'll talk about what they're going to do on offense. Cause that that's really the conversation here, but you keep that continuity on the offensive side of the ball there or on the defensive side of the ball. Sorry. And you're able to get that next general manager. And Adam Schefter said this morning, the Patriots might hire the head coach before the general manager. I've said in the past, I, I like that idea. I know it's not super common, but I like that. Um, but yeah, I, are there concerns with Mayo? Yes, absolutely. He, he's not, he doesn't have head coaching experience compared to a guy like Mike Vrabel, who obviously had a lot of success in Tennessee. And I think right now we can just talk about those two. We, we're not talking about anybody else here. Yeah. It's those two guys. That's it. But I think in Mayo, you get that continuity, you get that familiarity, you get a guy that you saw all the Patriots players today tweeted, not just the former ones, the current ones tweeting out, you know, their show of support for Bill Belichick and talking about Bill Belichick, Mayo's going to help you kind of keep that locker room because he's a well-respected guy in that locker room. So it's not to say Mayo doesn't come with concern. It's not to say he's the perfect hire. I'd like to see them talk to Vrabel as well and get an idea of what he would bring and hear his pitch, especially for the offensive side of the ball. We have no idea what Mayo wants to do on offense. We, we don't have a ton of idea what Vrabel wants to do, but you can kind of go off his time in Tennessee. Arthur Smith is available. But yeah, I, it's not, people are acting like they're just going to totally run it back. Now, if they bring back an in-house GM candidate, that, Elliot yeah. Wolf, Matt Grow, that's how a lot of you feel about Mayo is how I feel about bringing one of those guys back. Go get me a fresh <laughs> face in the front office. You can make the coaching staff work. The defensive staff, we'll see who, some of those guys will go with Bill. Some will stay. Hopefully you replace Bill O'Brien on offense. We'll see who Mayo turns to. Maybe it's Josh McDaniels. Maybe it's somebody new. But I, the front office is really where they need to start over. Coaching, they could start over, yes. But if, if it's not going to be Bobby Sloak or Ben Johnson, whatever, at that point it is what it is. Front office is where you got to go get somebody new. I see people in the chat talking about Adam Peters. That's the guy, the guy. That's the big guy everybody's talking about. You know, the other people, I like Ray Agnew in Detroit, a former Patriots draft pick. Roman Pfeiffer has kind of risen up the Broncos uh, player uh, personnel department. They've had a couple of good drafts. Russell Wilson trade didn't work, but he was a scout until 21. So that wasn't necessarily him. Um, that's where I'd like to see them get somebody kind of newish. I don't necessarily have a problem with them keeping the lineage in the coaching spot. Yep. Especially because, I mean, you mentioned the defense. Not only, You hope they could keep as much of the staff as possible. You'd expect maybe Steve and Brian follow their dad wherever he goes, probably Atlanta. But um, 
but those like the Marcus Covingtons, the Mike Pellegrino, he might be a bill guy too, but you hope that you can keep some of those guys. And then the players too, like Anthony Jennings, Mac Wilson, guys who, who really liked Gerard Mayo and thrived in that system. You, they hope you hope you can retain those guys. Cause again, the defense was good. And then the offense is where it gets interesting. Does he keep Bill O'Brien? Does he go somewhere else? Uh, uh, interesting McDaniels he was there today with you know to listen to Bill's uh final goodbye there do you think he's just following Bill or do you think there's a chance maybe O'Brien's out and McDaniels comes in or I know there was I, I, I think McDaniels was there. there I think McDaniels was there for Bill yeah I think he was there for Bill that was my sense too but um I mean Kraft does like him so I don't know if they could be in a tug of war match for Josh McDaniels or something, but yeah, the offense will be interesting. And the GM is definitely the big one, like who's shopping for the groceries. And that's probably where you need the biggest systematic change from, from bill. You need a new set of eyes there. You mentioned a lot of good names there. The other one I'd add is Trey Brown, who's the Bengals senior personnel executive. Okay. And that was someone he started in new England as well. And, has a relation someone reported I think it might have been Albert Breer last week reported that he has a relationship with Mayo. So we talked about that like Adam so Peters, that's important. Yeah. We talked about the Adam Peters and Mike Vrabel relationship, but Trey Brown, someone who reportedly has a relationship with Mayo. So he's been in Cincinnati, which has obviously done things, you know, pretty well. They're a good good football team. So and he started here in 2010 in the scouting department. So that would be a name if Mayo does get this Head coaching job, Trey Brown would be a name uh, to really watch, I think, in that that GM search. Yeah, that makes it the relationships. That's where you really got to pick it apart is who knows who, who wants to work with who. So that I, I hadn't heard that name actually. That's a good pull by you. Yep. So, but it does, you know, we can take it back to Kraft. Um, another interesting quote I thought he had today talking about the power, you know, that Bill Belichick heard. He, he said, you know, we need checks and balances in our life and in our organization. So not that we expected Mayo to have full control of the roster and be a you know head coach and, and the personnel, but it does look like they want to get to that more collaborative approach of, you know, scouts working together, not Bill just coming in and overruling these guys, but have this, right. you know, big football operations as a whole that is all like on the same page and all pushing to one goal together. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it's good. They're, they're going to kind of modernize it. You know, the, the idea of one person overseeing it all, right. That was a Parcells thing. That was, that's not really how it's done anymore. And, and you see that there's been this third role kind of added in a lot of front offices, which is president of, of football operations. Yep. Now that's not like what the Red Sox have president of baseball operations, where you're essentially giving the GM a fancier title. That's not what that is. What the president of football operations is, is basically a guy who sees it all from 30,000 feet. And the head coach and the GM both report to this person. Basically, everybody reports to this person. He kind of traffic cops the whole thing. And I think having somebody like that, if you have a first-time head coach, if you have a first-time GM, is very important. And some people who have a role like this, uh, John Lynch in San Francisco sort of does. He's both this and the GM, but... From what it sounds like, Adam Peters essentially functions functions as their GM, and John Lynch is this kind of overarching football czar that coordinates things between Peters and, and um, Shanahan. 
another guy is or had recently went away, but John Lynch, the where uh, not John Lynch, uh, John Elway in Denver, yeah. right? Had kind of a setup like that. So this is where I wonder. Now look, Mike Vrabel's going to have head coaching offers, but you throw a little money at him. He doesn't have to do the day to day grind. Do you have him kind of sit up there? He gets to be, you know, a resource for Gerard Mayo for some of these young coaches. He kind of helps steer the organization in the right direction. He can even be somebody Kraft goes to uh, for advice, things like that. I would love to see them somehow, even if it's not Vrabel, maybe it's Scott Pioli is a name we've heard thrown out there. Maybe it's Bill O'Brien. I don't love him in that role, but the idea is you want somebody who's either been a head coach or been a GM. In O'Brien's case, he's been both, was good at one, not very good at the other. But I think having some sort of, again, president of football operations, VP of football operations, or two different names that this job has been mm-hmm. given, I would like to see them somehow, some way, fill that role, create and fill that role. Yep. Vrabel would be an interesting one there because, I mean, yeah. he's played, he's coached for a while. Maybe he's interested in that. Kind of, uh, you, you told me in you know, down at Gillette and I thought of like Brad Stevens immediately or you don't expect it, but maybe that's just something he's willing to do. Well, Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens is the GM. So that's a little different. It would be more like a little different, but that that elevation. Yeah. Cam Neely is is a good one. Right. Where, um, why am I blanking on the GM's name? Uh, Don Sweeney. Thank you. Where Don Sweeney's the GM. He handles the day to day. But when you talk about the big picture, hey, what do we want to structure our offseason to look like? Hey, here, like we're we're on, we're talking about making a major trade here. That's where he kind of steps in and becomes a part of the process. And I think he does some of that with Bruce Cassidy too. So I I think that there's value in having somebody in that role, especially if you're going to have a first time head coach, a first time GM, first timers mm-hmm. in both. Uh, it's interesting because it's not we're not talking about it as a role that needs to be filled because it doesn't currently exist. And there's not real candidates for it because you're not, you know, people are in that role and they're not, you're not necessarily a free agent in that role. Like you are GM free agent or coaching free agent. It's kind of this thing that they just have to sort of create out of nothing. But I think they should try to do that because there would be tremendous value in that. Yeah. One other guy, sorry. One other guy, especially if it's Mayo, I wonder because he held a similar role, albeit at the college level, and I don't think he was as involved. <clears throat> I do wonder if Teddy Bruski would be open to something like that. Yeah. That'd be intriguing. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Just throwing name. We're at that point where we're just throwing names oh, yeah. out there. <laughs> uh, but Nick Saban. Name- okay, he's not doing <laughs> that. Did you see he was back at work today? Uh, I saw you had that ESPN interview. I didn't, what do you mean he was back? No, he was back like in the office in Alabama, like interviewing positional coaching candidates. I don't think he like really like retired, retired. I think it was like, cause he, he said that the reason he retired and I actually think there's some relevance in this to bill. I think part of the reason I saw the age, right? He said the age, he basically said assistants who are coming to work for him, recruits who are going to Alabama, Wanted assurance he'd be there three, four, five more years. And he was at the age where he couldn't do that. And he didn't want, basically didn't want to lie to people. When they said, can you promise me you'll be here this long? He could no longer say yes. And instead of lying to people or just saying no, he stepped away. And that being said, like, so he went back to the office today. Cause I think he's still going to like essentially be around and help out with stuff. 
he's just not going to be the head coach. He's going to be, I think, kind of this role on, on pitching. Football operations of Alabama. Right. <laughs> but, but in Alabama. So I don't think he'd come and do it with the Patriots. I mean, i take him. But I don't think he's going to come do it with the Patriots. But I think there's an element of that with Bill, too, where you're looking at right now, what right now is it's, I've talked about it. I think they can get back to being like a playoff contender relatively quickly. Bill doesn't care about that. He wants to win Super Bowls. You're talking about getting this thing back to being a Super Bowl team. You're talking about three, four, five years. Bill's not waiting that long. He's not going to be here that long. And I think he doesn't want to start it, not finish it. They don't want to start it and then have to change coaches in the middle of it. The time, the timeline is just not there for them anymore. Yeah. Which is why we went down to Gillette today for them to mutually part ways, right? Like that's right. The main reason for all this is just they're on kind of different, different timelines right now. And we can transition into that a little bit here because Bill Belichick is officially out. It was a weird vibe at Gillette today and obviously something none of us are used to because it's been 24 years, almost a quarter of a century. And I don't know, just, just being down there and we obviously see it across the league all the time that these coaches getting fired and you don't think much of it, but being down there today and seeing some of like the football operation guys and the assistant coaches in, in the back of the room, it was just, it was just a weird vibe. And you realize how much this kind of affects so many people and, and the trickle down effect this has uh, on an organization and, and everyone's lives. So just uh, obviously it's new to all of us. We've obviously never covered this, but just kind of a, a weird day down there at Gillette as they officially move on after you know, they said they met a few times over the last few days and just kind of came to this mutual agreement that they're on different timelines and it's best for both sides to move on here. Yeah, I know Felger and Maz did the whole thing today about, you know, oh, it wasn't truly, you know, oh, it was first class and all that. I don't think it was that easy. Yeah. But I I, I do think there is some level of, of <clears throat> mutual mutuality, mutualness. I don't know what the word would be like. Do I think Bill's thrilled to leave the setup he had? No. But I also don't think he fought it kicking and screaming either. Because again, like I said, the, for him to catch Shula, the timeline wasn't there. It just, unless he wanted to go four to five wins for the next three years, four years until he got there, it wasn't going to happen. So, but, you know, I, I thought... The organization handled it really well. I thought Bill and Robert both handled it really well. And if they were acting and they really can't stand each other, they deserve Oscars because they 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 played it up well. Um, yeah, I, I it was nice. It was definitely emotional. Kraft talked about the emotions of the day. Bill even got choked up a little bit, which yep. which you know got <laughs> I think got some people going. Um, but yeah, it was it was an eerie day. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It was very surreal. I felt like when I walked in, there's all these. It, as tight of a ship as New England as the Patriots are under Bill Belichick, and everybody knows how much that is. The one thing I'll say, dress generally pretty casual. Game days not so much, but like you go in during the week, and you know people are in you know polos or maybe like team like sweatsuits or whatever. It's like everybody, even the media people, everybody's wearing suits. There were all these people there. It like kind of felt like a funeral a little bit. Yeah. That was the vibe. Um, and then like, cause then they walked us all over to the media room and it was just like this quiet, weird, why the whole thing was odd. Um, and yeah, it was, it, I don't think it hit me until like halfway through Bill was speaking that I was like, holy crap, like we're never gonna hear this again. Cause I'm sitting in that same room 
that I've heard him address the media so many times. And he's kind of talking in that same tone. He started off, by the way, this is going to be a great yeah, trivia question. Cracks a joke to get up so, there. This is going to be a great trivia question one day. Who is the only player Bill Belichick mentioned by name in his Patriots farewell press conference? I'll give the chat 10 seconds so you can figure it out. There's only <laughs> one player in the entire, call it six minutes. I think it was a little under six. In the entire six-ish minute statement, Bill only mentioned one player by name. Does anybody know? Tim Tebow walks right up, goes, I haven't seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. And like it was like, oh, he's shooting the shit. It's great. Um, I do think, by the way, I, yeah, a couple of people got it there. <laughs> I, I do think that I don't have a problem with him not naming players. I don't because no. you go down that road and then it's who didn't he name. And, you know, it's so many people. He's, he said he said thousands of players. I mean, I think the number of players to play in a game for him is like just under 500. I'm actually going to look in a second. But then that's not including, you know, that's 53-man roster. That's not including all the guys he had in camp, the practice squad guys, right? Guys like that. Uh, yeah, it. I, I thought he hit all the right notes. I thought Robert hit all the right notes today, and I, I thought they did a very good job. Yeah, it was very well done, and... Did you see Tebow actually responded on Twitter? Oh, did he? No, I didn't see that. What did he say? He just said, that's about all I did, LOL. Congrats on being one of the greatest ever coach. So Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He came in, he threw it around a training camp for what, a week or two? And then that was about it. So uh, that was that was funny how he started it off there. But yeah, it, it was very well done with, with both sides. Obviously, they pitched it as mutual. It, you got that sense it doesn't seem like i would like call it mutual adjacent yeah like there were a lot of reports today how they're not and we've known that relationship has kind of you know frayed a little bit especially since brady departed there were a lot of reports today how you know a lot of talk about that the pin the craft pin at the breakfast yeah the owners uh meeting back in march how, how bill didn't really support Craft's uh, cause there, and, and some other reports about how that relationship has kind of gone south, especially since Brady left. But uh, by the yeah. way, you want to guess the uh, total number of players to appear in one, at least one regular season game for the Patriots in the Bill Belichick era? I was under. In one, say the question again. Players to appear in at least one game okay. for the Patriots in the Bill Belichick era, one regular season game. <sighs> I don't think there's anybody who played just in a postseason game, is there? Probably not. Um, 839. No, 634. 634, wow. So, yeah, that'd be a a long time to sit up there and talk about all these (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the the crazy thing is, he could probably name all of them. He He could probably probably go through every single one. Every roster from from every year. Right, from trying to find it... uh, I, I'm just killing time here. I'm trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> Alpha, every single one from uh, Isaiah Zuber. That's the last one alphabetically. Isaiah I was trying to go Zuber. Easy. That was a go, good receiver. Right. Is what it's gonna. What is it gonna be? David, not Andrews. There's got to be one alphabetically before Andrews, right? A, a, like Aaron or no? This is my last name. Uh, I'm just on Pro Football Reference. From oh, this is a great poll from <laughs> Robbie Abdullah. To wow. Isaiah Zuber. All 600 
whatever of them. Six thirty four, yeah. Six thirty four, yeah. That's that's pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it was well done down there today, and we can get into a little bit more of what you know Kraft said about some of his other comments. But let's quick take a break and hear from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up. And there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. And make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, so there are two other big parts of, you know, Kraft. So we can set the scene again. Bill and Kraft spoke at noon. They said their statements. They wanted to do it in person instead of releasing written statements. They didn't take any questions, so they did that. They left. And then Robert came back two hours later at two o'clock and answered questions for about 20 minutes. And uh, one of his big things I thought was they asked him, Bill talked about relinquishing, you know, general manager duties or personnel duties on, on Monday. Was that ever part of the equation? Would you ever consider doing like just having him coach the team? And, and Kraft said they discussed it, but he didn't think it would work. Right. And that's a dynamic that we talked about a lot is, who are you going to bring in here that Bill Belichick would just all of a sudden listen to, right? And that would just be kind of a weird setup that you have someone with so much power and so much control for 20 years, and then you just kind of take that away from him or ease him back from that. It would just be a weird dynamic. So that's how Kraft would worded it. He just said it wouldn't really work to, to be able to do that. Yeah, I thought the other interesting part of that answer was Kraft said Bill's the one who decides how much money they spend, which that's obviously yep. been a big point of debate. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, some people said it's easy for Kraft to put that on Bill right now. I mean, 
sure if Bill had a real problem with it. He'll fire back in Atlanta or LA or wherever, but <laughs> can't wait to spend money. This he, year. He's, he's right. We talked about it. There's just really, you weren't going to be able to find somebody who's going to be able to overrule Bill Belichick. And maybe he agrees to it in theory and it's all well and good on, on January 10th, 11th. What happens when you get to March and the new GM wants to take Jane Daniels and Bill says, no, we need Dallas Turner. What happens? Because you don't want the coach to have a quarterback he doesn't like. He did that. But you also can't be taking a defensive end with this roster. So I, I do think that that ultimately was the breaking point. That there was no way. Something had to change, but nothing could change. It was an all or I think it was always going to be an all or nothing decision. I don't think there was any magical formula to keep Bill here in a different sort of role. Yep. Absolutely. And, and the other big part or big topic of the discussion that Kraft was asked about was there any consideration of trading bill, because as he reminded us, he's under contract and, uh, but Kraft, again, I thought he gave a good answer and he brought it back to Brady, how they didn't trade Brady. Cause he earned that kind of respect and that loyalty to be able to go be a free agent and choose his next destination and he said that of Bill, that, you know, 24 years of all this, he deserves to be able to be free and kind of go pick his next spot. And he said, people might criticize me for that. That's fine. But that's how we look to build relationships and a culture here. So I thought that was another kind of good answer. You want something interesting, by the way? Sorry, cut in real quick. Uh, Joe Mazzulla is wearing a sweatshirt with cutoff sleeves. And we just asked why he said he's on to Milwaukee. I saw <laughs> That's a good. I saw the uh, sweatshirt. I didn't see the. Uh, oh yeah. I didn't see the quote. Your your favorite guy, Joe Mazzulla, there, right? Oh yeah. He's winning you over. But um, yeah. Uh, Kraft basically said we're not. We weren't going to trade him out of respect. He deserves to be able to go, go pick his next next spot, the next co- coaching destination. Yeah, that one was interesting. I thought that that he related to Brady, was notable. <clears throat> And saying, yeah. yeah, this is just, you know, he earned the right to be a free agent. Look, it's a business. And and they could have gotten something of value for Bill Belichick. I, I do believe it. It, it. And Kraft even said, you know, he said, fans might be upset at me, but I did this out of respect, basically. And that's how I feel. I would have liked them to get something for Bill Belichick. I think they could have. But if, if he did it out of respect, like, I get it. I wouldn't have done it, but I get it. So I, I don't think it's it's an issue that they couldn't. I don't even think it's a thing like with the, where the Titans were just too lazy, which was the report from <laughs> Diana Rossini. I think Bill wanted to pick where he was going. He wanted to get the right setup. He didn't want to go somewhere that he was going to have to give up an asset to get himself there. And I think after 24 years, Robert probably respected that. And and I think there was some give and take in all of it. Look, Bill's still at a year under contract. They still owed him $25 million. And I'm going to guess a lot of the last couple of days was negotiating how much of that $25 million was going to get paid out. This was a chip in Robert's court. Hey, I could trade you, you know, if, if you, if you want to be let go and, and be let to do your own thing, you got to give me a break on the contract. So I won't be surprised if the, there was something to that. I, I, I do think respect, respect plays a part of it, but there, I, there might be some other reasons too. Yep. I agree with you there, but uh, he, he still wants to coach. So do you think he's just off to Atlanta here? Do you think that's, I mean, not a done deal, obviously, but they got to be the kind of favorites in the clubhouse right now for him. Would you agree with that? Sorry, say that again. Would you build Atlanta? Would you think that's the uh, number one spot for him right now? Right now, 
let's see what happens this weekend. Because let's yep. say Dallas, Dallas or Philly or <clears throat> Buffalo go one and done. You know, any of those openings, I think, are obviously better. Atlanta's the best of the teams right now. But I wouldn't... Yeah, everybody keeps talking about this mystery team, mystery team, mystery team. It's... I don't think there's... I don't think there's a team right now that's out of the playoffs that's going to fire its head coach for Bill Belichick. I think the ones that were going to do that, like, they're gone. The openings are what they are. Now it's just, do we get any more openings after the first round of the playoffs? Or even, honestly, I... I wonder if, if Bill waits it out another round, specifically for Dallas. One yeah. playoff win might save McDermott. I think it's pro- it probably gets Sirianni's fine if he wins one. I don't know that one playoff win necessarily saves um, McCarthy with Bill Belichick being available. Uh, now, if Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. let's say he gets hired after a while, Cowboys win, Bill gets hired, then the Cowboys lose in the divisional round. McCarthy's probably safe, but with the prospect of Bill Belichick being out there, I I would wait two rounds if I were him, because you make it that much easier of a decision, right? That's if, the spot. If, yeah, because there's it's it's tough to fire a coach after a playoff win. It really doesn't happen often. If you're an owner and you're looking for cover to do it, hey, well, you know the Bill greatest Belichick. coach of all time is available. <laughs> I, I think most people are going to go for that. Yeah. Well, here's a chaos scenario. Buffalo Bills. You mentioned McDermott. He's shaky right now. Maybe maybe a win yeah. saves his his job there, but I don't know. Like, could you see him in the AFC East next year? I could. There in, in I could. And and that would be a scary uh, scary proposition. Now they need a wide receiver. We know how Bill Belichick <laughs> is about getting wide receivers. But yeah, that would him with some of the defensive pieces they have would be scary. I mean. I, I I think a lot of places. I mean, it's Bill Belichick. Most of the places he goes would be scared. Like Carolina, I'm not afraid of him because as great as Belichick is, David Tepper will screw it up. I'm not super worried about that. Like he'll 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 mess it up somehow. Um, Washington, I just think is too far away. I think if he had maybe five or six years, he could really get that thing going. But I don't know about this timeline. He'd have to really you know hit on some some long shots. Anywhere else, I mean, Seattle, quarterback away. Atlanta, quarterback away. Chargers, he's just got to kind of trim the fat on the roster. That's what he's the best at. Like, Chargers, if you're talking about which team needs Bill Belichick the most, the Chargers have their top of the roster set. They need to build out, you know, players 20 to 50. That's Bill Belichick's sweet spot. There's a team that he's a bet now. That might be more work than just going to Atlanta, getting the quarterback and going. I'm not saying he most he most definitely wants to go to the Chargers. There's some other things there about how they spend and all of that. But you talk about Bill's greatest strengths lining up with what a team needs done most. That's the Chargers. So I, I he's yep. scary just about anywhere. Yep. As long as he has the quarterback or he's a quarterback away, like a team like Atlanta who just needs that quarterback, like that seems where that is, that's his best interest, a team that could go out and compete right away. So if he goes, who do you think is going with him from the coaching staff side of things? You'd imagine it's Steve and Brian. I don't I don't know if they if Gerard would turn around and offer Steve uh, the defensive coordinator job. Like I, I don't think Steve wanted to leave and uproot his family, but like would he stay here if it means like leaving I, his dad behind? Yeah, I, I wonder if Steve would stay. Him and Gerard yeah. are close. That's real. That's not a media talking point. That's real. Yeah. 
him and Gerard are close. He'd probably be the DC. I mean, the only other candidate is Demarcus Covington. I like Demarcus Covington, but Steve's, you know, more qualified. He's been doing it. Uh, Gets a chance to get out from under because he can't follow Bill around forever. Like Bill's doesn't have that much longer coaching. And there's something to be said for establishing himself as his own coach. And I think getting out from under Bill would be a great way to do that. Uh, I could see Steve staying. I could see DeMarcus, DeMarcus Covington. I think if Gerard Mayo says, Hey, you're going to be my DC. That makes all the okay. sense in the world for, for DeMarcus Covington, but like Pellegrino, I think is probably a guy that's gone. Like Brian's probably a guy that's He's gone. A guy. Yeah. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Vinny Sunseri, Troy Brown, uh, you know, we mentioned Josh McDaniels. I know he's not really here, but but he kind of fits in that. Joe Judge and Joe Judge. And Joe Cam Judge, Cam, the, the ones that are going are Joe Judge, Cam Acor, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia. Those are the those are the first, they're going to be up there on the podium with Bill. That's the staff. That's the staff. That's the staff. Right. Those are the coordinators. Those are your three coordinators. Right <laughs> your three coordinators and Matt Patricia is overseeing all of it. But yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that's pretty much everybody. Who did I say? O'Brien, I don't think is following Bill. I don't think he's necessarily going to be here. But I also don't think he's following Bill. He may just get left out in the wash and all of this and just end up completely yeah. out of the circle. Uh, Covington and uh, oddly enough, Steve are the two that I think have the best chance of staying. So I think you'll get one of Steve or Covington and then maybe whoever you don't get becomes Bill's defensive coordinator. Right. You just could like see that kind of path going down because uh, I mean, Covington and Pellegrino were the two assistant coaches I saw in the room today i listened to bill and, and pellegrino looked pretty emotional but and you know he's he's a bill guy he's a former lacrosse player bill gave him his shot here so right. he, he's a great coach right. we'd love to have him back he's done great work in that cornerback room but you'd expect him to maybe follow bill and then yeah if you could retain one of steve or or covington and, and promote them to be the defensive coordinator i think that would be uh, kind of a no-brainer there yeah, it, so no, sorry. As somebody, I tweeted out the list of players. <laughs> somebody goes, "Don't give him any ideas. He's going to write a piece about all of them." <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The, the interesting one is going to be. I think there are a couple of guys, both on the coaching staff and in the front office. <clears throat> you might end up seeing Bill and the Crafts bidding against each other for their services. So Covington is one. Covington's one that could get a pitch from both sides. And who makes him the better offer? Uh, Cameron Williams in the front office is another guy. He's the director of college scouting, and he's somebody that's spoken about very highly. Do the crafts want to keep him to kind of have some continuity in the scouting department? Does Bill want him? Like, though, and we may not know, they may just go and we may not hear the circumstances behind the decision, but that's going to be really interesting that there probably are a few guys that both Bill will want and the crafts will want to keep that you'll get some, some, you know, back and forth for. Yeah. And, and as Josh asked, asked here, he said, would the front office guys leave now has to be next year. Those guys usually stay on through the draft. Even if it's a new coach or general manager, you usually keep those scouts like a Cam Williams on till the draft because they spent the last four or five, six months doing all this like hands-on work, traveling to schools, meeting all these prospects that are in the, in the upcoming draft and, you know, setting that board. And then you have the big Mayo and the GM come in and, and kind of establish the path you want to go. So those guys usually stay on, but yeah, if you have Bill maybe saying like, 
come with me to Atlanta or come with me wherever, that might right. entice them to to kind of leave early there. I would say draft guys usually stay just because their season's a little different, right? It goes to the draft. Mm-hmm. So even if you bring in a new GM, you can't start the board all over right now. So you'll see some people stay. Yep. I agree with you there. But uh, let's take one more quick break very quickly. And speaking of some of these jobs that are available, everyone might need LinkedIn. Oh, I got to read this one again, don't I? Hang on. Oh. Stall for me. Yes, for we, I, don't, I don't think we have the... Uh, we don't have the video. I forgot the about this. Here we go. But, uh, but I will tell you, yeah, if, if you're last time I did this, I made a bunch of Belichick puns. We'll see how many more I can get. Uh, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? That's not just small business owners, as it turns out. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So, you know, we get that report about Gerard Mayo could be fast. Crafts don't have to set up a bunch of interviews, fly people in. So there you go. Fast and free, just like LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Again, the Gerard Mayo option, like with the Patriots, already in-house. But if you don't have that candidate in-house, you can check out LinkedIn Jobs. Again, over a billion qualified candidates, and they'll help you find the right person for your team like that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in deserving quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So like the uh, Tiger Woods one, uh, Rich Hill, who works for Pat's Pulpit, posted the head coach of the New England Patriots up there. I saw the that. 29-plus years of the head coach, able to cut sleeves off his sweatshirt. So... <laughs> Just like that, that kind of Tiger Woods one at, at Top Golf, but um, yeah, go go check out LinkedIn. Maybe there's some Patriots front office jobs posted on there. But uh, yeah, we we can kind of wrap it up here. But was there any other kind of notes or little snippets that we didn't talk about that you heard Bill or, or Robert or talk about today or anything from big picture moving forward that that we didn't get to that that's on your mind? Well, I would just say on Bill. And we didn't do this too much, I think, just because there's so much news today. There's so much overload. Just to step back on, and and I kind of did this yesterday with Saban, and I want to do it with Bill, too. I talked about Saban retiring the game of football lost something. It'll just never replace. Bill's obviously, it sounds like, still going to be coaching. So we'll still see him, but... I mean, you, me, a lot of Patriots fans, watching a Bill Belichick coach football team is all we know. And it is still kind of weird that it's not going to be the case moving forward. I I go back to, I remember when John Madden passed away. A lot of people talked about how John Madden taught, I mean, multiple generations of people football. Whether that be, you know, Sunday night, Monday night football as the color commentator or like the Madden video game. 
I learned a tremendous amount of the sport. A lot of my base knowledge of the sport is from John Madden. I would say the only person who I learned about football more from, who's more, you know, a foundation of my football, um, the lens I view the sport through is Bill Belichick. And I don't think I'm alone in that. A lot of us learned the game, the basic part of the game, and base a lot of our core concepts of the game on listening to Bill Belichick and reading Bill Belichick football. I go back to, there's a clip in the 2000, at the beginning of the 2004 Super Bowl DVD. And it's early on, and they're, they're talking about Bill's attention to detail, and it's a clip from training camp where he's talking to Mark Keysill, the late Mark Keysill, and they're doing a, a goal line drill where the offense is backed up on the goal line. And I guess Mark Keysill, they don't show the actual play, but Mark Keysill jumped off sides. And Bill kind of goes to him and says, you know, all right, you know, look at the situation. If you jump off sides, what does the offense get? Five yards, right? They're off the goal line. If they, if they, if you move, or sorry, if they move, what do they get? That much, right? He holds no, holds up his fingers. He goes about that much, no. and it like it's a little thing, but how many moments are there like that? Some smaller, some bigger. The intentional safety, you know, when we first learned about the double score, uh, some no. of the, the the draft philosophies he has a year too early versus a year too late in terms of you know roster management. These are just a couple off the top of my head, but so many things that our generation knows and thinks about football came from Bill Belichick. And I think a lot of those things will still be prevalent in the Patriots organization, whether it's Mayo or Vrabel. I think a lot of those things will still be prevalent, but it's yeah. I, this beyond being the greatest coach of all time. Bill Belichick was also a lens into this sport for an entire generation. And he will continue to do that wherever he continues to coach, I'm sure. And I know I will still learn things from him. I'm still going to make a point to, if not watching every one of his press conferences, at least reading all the transcripts. But it's just never going to be quite the same. And I think that's the biggest thing that hit me today, that I said it felt like a funeral. In some ways, it also felt like graduating college in the sense that I remember when I was done with college, it was like, and maybe this was immature to think at the time, but it was like, I'm on my own here. Like, there's no more people telling me this is how this goes. This is how that goes. And I'm sure whoever the next coach is, again, I will learn stuff from. But it it just feels like there's this element of, again, th this guy taught me more about, like, football is so important to me. I also wouldn't be doing this if not for Bill Belichick yeah, and in the 2001 Patriots. Like, I, that is the, the team, the game that made me fall in love with the sport. But there's also the sport that's such a central part of my life. I don't think anybody taught me more about it than Bill. And the lessons are over. And that was kind of my gut reaction today. I was surprised. When I saw the news this morning, I was surprised. I more or less knew it was coming, but I was still surprised. And then there, there definitely is. And I know some people, I, I've been accused of somebody who's kind of pushed Bill out the door. I don't feel that way. If it came across like I was doing that, I didn't mean to. But there, there is a real sadness that comes with it because it was such a dominant era, not just a dominant era, but also I think it the era gave a lot to a lot of people. And I felt this way when Brady left. And it actually feels, and maybe it didn't feel as strong with Brady because Bill was still here.
Now, this one feels like a little now worse. Now Bill's gone, and it's really over. And yeah. I, I said it when Brady left, and I was probably a little premature in saying it. The Patriots for years were their own thing. There were 31 NFL teams, and then there was the New England Patriots. And everything was a little different. The Patriots are now one of 32. There's no way around it. And that's not necessarily, that's not to say, oh, they're going to suck. And it's going to be like, you know, the, the, when they were, you know, the doormat of the league in the eighties or whatever, not like that, but they're just, they're one of 32. They're going to go through their cycles of highs and lows. They're going to go through coaching cycles. They're going to go through quarterback cycles. Maybe they hit on the next guy and he sticks for like a decade. Maybe they hit on a quarterback and he sticks for a decade or something. 24 years. It's not happening again. It's just not. Yeah. No, uh, I agree with all that. I don't have anything else to add. I think that was just, he kind of nailed that perfectly. It was an emotional day. Uh, I mean, we, a lot of those memories were our childhood. And then we were fortunate enough to be able to cover this team and sit in some of those press conferences. And from the stuff you talked about watching his tactics on the field to just watching him step on the podium Wednesday and ramble on five minutes about a whole organization and their philosophies and everything. It was incredible. So it was an emotional day and you're just never ever going to see anything right. like that again. And you owe Bill Belichick a lot for that. So I think that's a pretty good place to end it there. We will be back. Maybe tomorrow if something <laughs> happens immediately with, with Gerard Mayo, but uh, you can subscribe to the channel and turn on your notifications so you do know immediately when we go live. You can also follow our Twitters at I am Brian Hines at Real Alex Barth. Uh, we will update you guys ASAP on there with any Patriots news, of course, and then our schedule for when we're going to come on here and talk about any of that. And then make sure you go to 985thesportshub.com to read all of Alex's work about Bill Belichick and all things that happened today. And patspulpit.com to read my work about, again, all the news that happened today yet again. So thank you all, as always, for tuning in with us tonight. 